welcome to the second episode of Yo MTG Tabs. As always, these are your hosts, Big Head Joe and Joe Pasco, bringing it to you live since 2009, bringing you the podcast about Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering, and Magic the Gathering. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the second episode of G- Joe MTV Taps. I just said MTV. <laughs> Joe MTG Taps. That's right. <laughs> we should have we should have called it that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, well, uh, here we are. So maybe maybe that'll be the title of this episode. Yes. So uh, it's been a couple weeks since our last episode. We're gonna just try to uh, we'll we'll put out episodes as often as we can. Um, we're not sure how consistent it will be. Sometimes it'll be weekly. Sometimes it might be monthly. Um, but uh, today's episode, we figured we'd talk a little bit about the uh, the current standard environment. Uh, we figured we'd we'd kind of um, forego our what is it our sec- the second half of our yes. This is episode two, and we're gonna do an episode one point five for those of you who are like finish the story, man. What happens? Yeah. What now? All none of you. All two of you. Um, We're in Rosedale Park right now, in beautiful Rosedale, Maryland. Um, It's a beautiful day. Joe is distinctly dressed as some sort of Unabomber character, (laughs) and I look like I just got off a third shift, so um, we're we're doing good today. It's a beautiful morning. Um, So, Standard, what's going on? What's what's, what's happening? Uh, Well, pretty much... Seems to be the uh, the hottest deck right now is obviously um, the Jund deck. Yeah, I called it Jund Standard when we were talking about uh, what we were going to record about today. Yeah, it was kind of a, a Freudian slip, I suppose. You just kind of no, it was uh, intentional. Oh, you did you did intentionally call it Jund? I standard. called it Jund Standard. I, I thought you were uh, mistaken. <laughs> you just accidentally called it Jund Standard. So uh, so the Jund deck is the big deck right now. It seems like the deck to beat. It's totally uh, replaced fairies since fairies have rotated out of Standard. And even though a lot of decks, uh, or a lot of people are writing articles about how to beat it, it still seems to be winning. Uh, it runs off the the whole Cascade mechanic. Basically, uh, it's got Putrid Leech, a four four two drop essentially. Uh, and we've got nothing wrong with that. No, no, it sounds no. like step Not at all. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Go, moving right along, we've got the um, Boros Bushwhacker deck that's, that's been right. going around that has spread to myself. Now I've built my own copy of it. And Seplinks also can be a potential four or five on turn two. It's a pretty explosive deck. Um, I first heard about it through Kelly Reed, who runs the Quiet Speculation blog, uh, QuietSpeculation.com. Um, he uh, he was posting about it. He had, I think, a, a big hand in in designing the deck. Um, and then I believe it, it got its uh, its first tournament appearance by Christian Calcano in a Star City Games 5K. Uh, Couple weeks ago, um, Kelly's list and uh, and Calcano's list a little different, but essentially they're the same kind of idea. It's a red-white deck. It uh, uses one drops and uh, like Elite Vanguard and Goblin Guide and uh, Goblin Bushwhacker to basically win before the opponent can even get their mana base set up. Uh, Ranger of Eos is there to kind of search up basically any two one-drops that you need, and uh, that allows the deck to recover from any sort of wrath Wrath effects, yeah, that these sorts of decks are typically vulnerable to. It also helps you refill your hand, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, These decks usually run out of gas so quick, but Ranger of Eos is 
is just absolutely ridiculous in the deck. Um, it, it is a really explosive deck when it gets the right draws, and it's not really that difficult for it to get the right draws. It, it's kind of um, it, no. seems, it seems pretty consistent. Yeah, um, it, it really can does. can run off. You know, th- there's the uh, the old two land hand, two land opening hand that mostly you want to mulligan. My my yeah, my, my rule, and I always I always say whenever I'm losing a game, and I knew from the beginning that I shouldn't have kept the hand because I always I have a rule, and it's never keep a two land hand. So, but he still breaks it all the time. I do. I break it all the time, and I always regret it. And every time I, I break it, I look at Joe or Tim, and I'm like, "What's my rule?" And they go, "Never keep a two land hand." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." So, uh, so yeah, but but this deck, you can definitely run it off a two land hand. Most of the spells cost one yeah. or two, besides Ranger of Eos, and uh, you know, possibly Burst Lightning if you're trying to kick it. Um, yeah, it's really really a consistent deck and it's uh it's a lot of fun to play it does take a little bit of practice i um i sleeved it up for a, a standard tournament last week at, at amazing spiral comics yes. in hamden maryland winner of best of baltimore 2009 best comic book store that's i didn't know that that's pretty cool yeah so it was at amazing spiral i sleeved up the deck and uh my first game with it was in the tournament i didn't even goldfish it in the rotunda um, mall that that's right um, <laughs> Uh, and, and I didn't do very well at all. Uh, so yeah, you should should practice it a little bit um, before you decide to run it in a tournament. But um, but it's it's a lot of fun to play. I definitely recommend giving it a shot. Now in that same tournament, I, I was running the tournament, so I didn't really want to play because I figured it'd be too big of a hassle to play and also run the tournament. Um, but this kid came in named Dan, and I can't remember his last name, but Dan had. Barely played. He asked me before the tournament. So you draw seven to start, right? <laughs> and, 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 and so it was unbelievable. So I lent him. He, he didn't have a standard deck, so I lent him my mono-red, just mono-red aggro deck. And um, he wound up winning the entire tournament. Yeah. Which was pretty funny. I mean, it was... It was Ringer. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I don't think he... I think he was seriously new to it, but, uh, you know, he had, he had some... Uh, no, good, no, if he was a, a ringer, runner. if he was a ringer, he wouldn't have offered me his uh, his winnings. His winnings. He refused to take money. He, I, I made him take his entry fee back, but he was just like, "Here, here, thanks for the deck." The deck I, I've taken it apart to build Boros Bushwhacker, but it was um, basically, I think it was running. He, okay, this is interesting. It was running twenty six lands because I was having land trouble with the deck. Like no matter what, I would get stuck on two lands, and I was getting really frustrated. So I put at one point I put twenty eight lands in the deck. So anyway, by the time it got to Saturday, I had run twenty six lands. Four of them were fetches, uh, just because that was how many fetches I had obtained. And it was running four Hellspark elementals, four burst lightning, four lightning bolt, um, ball lightning. four four volcanic fallout, three ball lightning, um, uh, three elemental appeal, um, a couple other things. My point is, the kid didn't understand the concept of the fetch lands and how the fetch lands were effective to thin your deck out and give you a better chance of drawing your business spells. We, me and Joe tried, probably explained it to him like five times total. Yeah, so he was siding out the fetch lands and he was siding into Punishing Fire. Isn't that the... I never saw Punishing Fire, but is that the I name of the card? That's, that's the name okay. of the card, the one that you can uh, Yeah, he, he's apparently... Well, they were in the deck when... Uh, well, at least in the last match, he sided them in okay. because they were in the deck. He was probably—I think he was playing against vampires, so it wasn't a bad play anyway. Yeah, um, there was a lot of life link there. Um, 
That's another deck that's going pretty well. I well, mean, we'll talk about that next. Yeah, go ahead um, and finish what you were saying. Well, the the mono red uh, mono red deck. I guess you could call it red deck wins. Maybe I don't know. It, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, I I tried to cut it down to twenty two lands and even running more fetches, like he had had it because I thought it, actually I wound up sticking with twenty three lands, and I still kept getting stuck on two lands and I was just getting so frustrated. So I I, I was just like screw it I'm, and I built Boris Bushwhacker out of that deck. Um, traded the ball lightnings, so now, <laughs> so red, so red deck wins became red and white deck wins more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wins more frequently. Exactly. So, so that so that happened. Um, but it was interesting that the deck won because I had barely played it even, um, and you know, the top the top four his last two matches were pretty serious. You know what I mean? Like it was against Tim's Jun deck and it was against Noyan's Vampires, wasn't it? I believe so. And he won both of those matches. So, I mean, I thought that was interesting. But anyway, enough about that deck. Let's talk about Vampires. Because right. Vampires is obviously a really uh, popular deck choice right now uh, for casual and uh, serious tournament-level <laughs> players alike. Um, you know, it seemed like... it se- Vampires kind of seemed like a ploy uh, to lure in, you know, the Twilight crowd. And But you know what? <laughs> they happened to uh, also make some really powerful cards in the process. Um, yeah, I don't know that it was an intentional pl- thing to it, to it was, capitalize on Twilight. It was, because it was, I'm pretty sure those cards were uh, were designed before Twilight kind of hit. Very, anyway, but th- that's that's an argument for another day. I very suspect really. timing. Yeah, uh, it's I, good timing. I, I, no, really. good timing. I like vampires. I think it's I think it's fun. You know, I think it's a lot of fun. It's really flavorful. I think it's really good for the game. You know, <laughs> and I'm sa- that's what I'm saying. Like, if that does bring in people who like Absolutely. who like you know, or just into vampires, like so many people are these days. Great. You know, I, I want to see more people playing Magic, and if they got to get suckered in like we did with like Crawlworm, then good. Did we get suckered? With crawl, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. Like big creatures oh, that yeah, like are, are flavorful and 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 fun to look at, fun to play. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, that's kind of what magic's all about. You know? So yeah, so you, the vampire deck. I haven't uh, I haven't played it myself. I've only played against it uh, once in that tournament, and uh, I died to uh, uh, kicked. What is it? Blood right. Um, blood. Uh, blood tribute. Blood that's tribute. It. Yeah. Soren Markov in the deck. Um, I'm not really sure. I can't remember everything else that was in the deck, but have you you played against it more than I have, I think? Um, I, I've, I think I have played against it a couple times. Um, well, Bloodgast is pretty nasty. Absolutely. Um, and that was one of the things that, like, Tim and I were talking about when I was building my five-color control. He was like, how are you going to deal with Bloodgast? So, um, or four-color control. But we're going to... I'm going to run Journey to Nowhere in there to deal with... Path uh, to Exile deals with it. Celestial Purge deals with it. Well, yes, it's true. So you no. just want to exile it, or uh, yeah, pretty much that's what you want to do. You want to exile it instead of letting it go to the graveyard. Yeah, white seems to have some of the best removal right now with Path to Exile and Celestial Purge. You've been main decking that in one of your decks. I right? think a lot of people have been main decking that because uh, it's great against vampires. It's great against Jund. It's great against Jund. It's okay against Boros Bushwhacker, even because I mean, there's the red, but there's yeah. Boros Bushwhacker. I think Hellsp- is uh, if the, for the decks that are running Hellspark Elemental. That's it's right. pretty effective against those. Right, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, Celestial Purge has become like a main deck card, and uh, that that's one one of the best ways to deal with Bloodgast. But yeah, essentially the Vampire's deck is a whole bunch of small uh, black creatures, and uh, Vampire Nighthawk is just a fantastic card. The 2-3, flying, death touch, lifelink, <laughs> uh, everything else 
Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just a fantastic card. Let's see. Um, well, there's the red, white, and blue control deck that was just uh, recently uh, the top aided. Some where, where did that? Top no, eight? I think it top aided the LCQ, the Last Chance Qualifier at Pro Tour Austin. That's um, right. And uh, th- there's been a lot of uh, red, blue, or red, white, and blue decks, red, mostly control decks, um, going around trying specifically to beat Jund. Um, the the kill condition is Sphinx of Dwar Isle, uh, being a five five shroud is pretty incredible against a deck that uh, that runs so much removal that John does. And being able to look at the top card of your library, that's fantastic. It has access to pretty much all kinds of answers, but it's uh, it's not consistently beating John. I don't think. I, I have a version of it that I'm trying, um, mostly based around Richard Feldman's version that he posted on Star City Games. And it, it's a fun deck to play. It is the kind of deck I like to play. It runs... Uh, Four or three Ajani Vengeant, two Chandra Nalar. Those are in the main deck. Um, Swerve, Swerve is a good card against Jund. Although I actually have, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I like Swerve as much as a lot of people do. Uh, Swerve is great. It's very high risk, high reward. It's a card that is great against Blightning. It's great against Banefire. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's not so great when they play a Garrick because. Uh, you know, something like Negate could handle Garrick and could handle Blightning. It might not swerve it back at the opponent, you know, but it's yeah. it can handle the Blightning. So I think right now blue blue is so uh, is so weak. The the counter spells are so narrow. Why take something like Swerve and uh, it's basically a more narrow Negate. So Negate is already narrow, and now you're taking it and making it more situational with Swerve. Now that yes. It, it does have a higher upside, but I think right now I'd prefer to run negate, or maybe do a, a split, maybe a three-one split, three negate, one swerve, three three negate, two swerve, something like that. But um, I definitely prefer negate because it's more versatile. It and yeah. that's what you need to be right now. Blue just doesn't have any versatile counter spells except for uh, double cancel, <laughs> cancel, and double negative, which are pretty terrible. I mean, just the fact that they cost three. Uh, if we had a mana leak, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, true. there's... there's. Well, no I mean, y- you think about... I mean, against Jund, obviously, Flash Freeze is a good two. Right, right. Casting cost counterspell. It counters most of the cards in the deck. Um, I, mean, so that's, I mean, that's a good option. I mean, if, if Jund's going around so much, maybe a one-of main deck Flash Freeze or something. You know what I mean? Right, like, that's I not know. a bad idea. Um, I think Flash Freeze could be good. I haven't tried it myself, but I've definitely seen people mentioning it. No, yeah, a lot of the, uh, just a lot of the blue counterspells, I mean, a lot of the counterspells, period, are just, like, very situational. Right. You know? It's um, either a creature or a non-creature, or a spell that has a tar- a single target. Right. You know, it's it's kind of uh, disheartening. I mean, Mind Break, <laughs> Mind Break Trap is an interesting card. Um, but, but it costs four and it doesn't do what Cryptic four. Command did at all. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's no Cryptic Command, but it costs just as much, so... I don't. I don't expect to see it very often in standard. I mean, I've definitely seen some lists running it. It, it it's not bad against Cascade. I mean, it's definitely not bad right. against the Jun Cascade. But you have double negative. You do I have mean, double negative, which is pretty much. It, it's going to do what Mindbreak Trap typically does. as effective. You know what I mean? For because one less, because yeah. most of the time it's like Bloodbraid Elf into one other card, and it's exactly. not like Batumis Blast into something into something. Although that's the 
you know the dream, <laughs> the dream. yeah right. but it but it doesn't always happen that way so you know uh let's see some other some other standard decks um well, maybe. Uh, we're, we're, sorry we'll, we'll go quick. ahead well first of all sphinx of drawer isle um i i don't think it's as great of a finisher as some people do i don't know i mean why not well, I'll tell you why. Because um, I do. I know you do. I <laughs> know. But, I mean, I feel like there, there are a lot of vampire decks going around, and they run Gatekeeper Malakir, which, you know, which right. kills it. Um, Day of Judgment kills it, which a lot of decks are running. Um, I don't know. I don't really feel like well, a lot that, of decks lot are of, running well, Day I of mean, Judgment. Because Jund is so, so uh, popular... Day of Judgment is terrible against Jun. It's like, oh, I'll kill your sprouting Thrynax, and then you get three one ones. You know, yeah. Day of Judgment's terrible against Jun, and um, and Jun is the deck you see most often. So Day of Judgment is isn't seeing nearly as much play as no, uh, not, not as much. I mean, but it's in a, it's in a lot of sideboards okay. at least. Well, that, yeah, that, go ahead. That's what I mean. Go on with your your point. But I, I don't know. I just think that Sphinx of Dwar Isle. I mean, also Baneslayer Angel Angel kills it, and I feel like. If you're going up against Baneslayer Angel, you might as well be running Baneslayer Angel. Well, except that every, Baneslayer, I mean, it's a great card, and I'm not complaining about Baneslayer, but, well, most of the things that kill Baneslayer Angel can't even target Sphinx of Dwar Isle. So, yeah, Baneslayer Angel on Sphinx of Dwar Isle, obviously Baneslayer wins, except when the guy playing Sphinx of Dwar Isle has uh, Path to Exile or any removal in his hand at all. All yeah. that removal in hand of the uh, the Baneslayer player, all that removal is dead. They're dead cards against the Sphinx. And um, I think that's something that a lot of people are trying to capitalize on. There's uh, y- You run a control deck with four Wall of Denial and two or three Sphinx of Dwar Isle, and um, y- you run these cre- Shroud creatures and all of Jun's removal is dead. Um, and that's another bone I have to pick with Swerve is... Okay, I'm going to swerve your Blightning, and you're going to discard your dead removal. So, I mean, it really, you know, it basically that, yeah. uh, it's kind of a nombo there, a non-combo. So I don't care for the synergy with swerve and uh, shroud creatures um, if you're using swerve just to get rid of Blightning. Um, not that it's terrible, but I mean they they're going to have plenty of dead cards to uh, to discard to lightning, so it's not going to hurt as as bad. It's going to be basically swerving a lightning bolt. Yeah. So it's really not that uh, not that impressive to me. Did you have uh, more to say about Sphinx of Dwar Isle? No, I think you've shot me down good enough for well, now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's good though. I mean, like. And that's my that's my impression of it, but you, you make a good point as far as, you know, you're probably going to have Sphinx plus removal in your hand to right. take care of whatever would be trying to swing into Sphinx. You just got to know what matters in the matchup. So you're playing against Jund that, that might be playing Gatekeeper of Malakir, which I believe some of the Jund decks are. I've definitely seen one. Yeah. Um, or Fleshbag Marauder, same kind of thing. Yes. Um, y- if you've got a... Uh, a Sphinx on the table, or even a Wall of Denial, um, you obviously want to counter. You want to hold a counter. You want to have something to protect your Sphinx or Wall. And uh, if a player plays Baneslayer Angel, and you've got a counter spell and removal in your hand, let the Angel resolve, and then kill it, and save the counter for something that matters, You know, like Gatekeeper of Malakir or Fleshbag Marauder. So you just kind of 
it's it's difficult, but I mean, that that's why Jund is so good right now. It's a difficult deck to play against, and they've got a lot of options. They've got, you know, most of the uh, best removal. I, I think White has the best removal right now, but after that, I mean, Jund has so much, so many options, and so much card advantage just with Cascade. Uh, it's just really difficult to deal with creatures that that die and just make more creatures like Sprouting Thrynax and uh, creatures that just come back from the graveyard like Bloodgast or, I mean, some some Jun decks are running Bloodgast. I don't know that all of them are. But, I mean, Putrid Leech. 2-2 two, two for 2 that becomes a 4-4. Four, four. You know, it's pretty ridiculous and those are just in the first few turns. Right. So, um, it's, a, it's a strong deck. Everybody's trying to beat it. And so far I haven't seen anything that's consistently uh, posting good results against it. Now, do you have any other decks that you in mind that you wanted to mention? Um, well, I, I wanted to say something that Tim actually said. Okay. Uh, when we were talking the other night, Tim said Tim was saying that like with fairies, when fairies was like the deck to beat in standard, mm-hmm. everyone hated it, but everyone was also playing it. Right. <laughs> and it seems like with Jund, people are just like hate, 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 and like trying to like stomp it out or something like. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like it's like a like a vicious rumor, and like they're trying to cover it up. You know what I mean? Like it is kind of funny that, I, and I agree. I think uh, fairies was hated, but a lot of people also played it. Um, Jund is hated, and a lot of people also play it. But it seems like people hate it a lot more <laughs> for some strange yeah. reason. I can't speak to that because I loved fairies. I played fairies from when Lorwyn was released. <clears throat> I mean, it's just my favorite kind of spells. You know, blue, flash creatures, counter spells. I mean, it's, it was just a fun deck for me. Uh, that was my style of deck. So, yes, I played fairies. I never hated fairies. Um, but I do hate Jund, even though I have played it a little. I played it more when it was a five-color blood deck uh, right. back in the summertime. Um, and Cryptic Command was in the deck. So, um, I'm looking for ways to beat Jund. And at the same time, I've, I'm building it to, to kind of maybe get uh, a better idea of its weaknesses. Which is a good idea whenever you're trying to beat a deck is to build and play the deck and oh, yeah. uh, figure out. J- just as a, an aside here, um, if you're ever having trouble beating a deck, the a good idea is to just try to get a sense of what you're afraid of when you're playing that deck. And uh, that gives you a good idea as to the deck's weaknesses. That's pretty obvious, but figured I'd mention it while we were talking For about sure. it. Um, yeah, so I don't know what it is. I think it's the popularity of blue among uh, pro or competitive players. Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, blue is not in Jund, and so everybody wants to beat it. So Makes sense. Um, I don't know if we should even go here, but um, <laughs> but what do you think's going... Like, what do you think standard's going to look like maybe like two months from now? Do you think it's going to look pretty much the same? Do you no, think someone's going to figure... Out in like something new to I think beat the field, you know. There are a lot of there's a lot of uh, innovation going on right now. I think I think a lot of decks are trying to beat Jund, and so that kind of breeds a lot of creativity. Now these decks, they're kind of on the fringe. They might occasionally beat Jund. Some of them, I mean, there might be a deck out there that consistently beats Jund, but doesn't beat anything else. So right. you have the rock paper scissors kind of thing. Some interesting decks have been popping up. There's uh, Mike Flores, there's specifically two decks that he's been posting about on his blog, uh, fivewithflores.com. 
he mentions a uh, a black Bane Slayer deck. That's that's his name for it. Um, I believe it's five color. Could yeah. be four color. You know, I have a list somewhere, but not not with me. Crap, <laughs> not in my pockets, <laughs> which is where I just checked. Um, it obviously runs Bane Slayer Angel, a lot of Cascade spells. Um, I'll have to get a list maybe while you're talking about something and. Uh, and, and I'll pull it up and maybe mention it again. Um, the other deck that he's been working on recently, he called it uh, Junk Mana Ramp deck, and it runs four Lotus Cobra, four Knight of the Reliquary, four Baneslayer Angel, four Obnixilis, two Soren Markov. Um, basically, it looks like it's a landfall deck. It's kind of a, a green-black-white mid-range landfall, but it can uh, be very explosive with something like Lotus Cobra where it can get a, a turn three or four Baneslayer Angel with the right draw. Um, it's got a lot of options. Knight of the Reliquary is uh, can be really big with all the fetch lands in the deck. It runs, I believe, uh, I want to say eight to 12 fetch lands. I can't specifically remember. That's something I can check on also. But uh, that's a deck that I'm looking to build. W- when I saw Obnixilis spoiled, that was a card I really wanted to play with. You know, Baneslayer obviously is a good card despite dying to all the kinds of removal. And see, that's a that's a good strategy, playing with Baneslayer Angel. You don't want to play it in a control deck where you've only got a few creatures um, because all their removal is just going to sit there and wait for your Baneslayer. You've got a deck, you know, you go turn two Lotus Cobra. Do they want to remove it? You know, go ahead, kill the Lotus Cobra. You, you know, use your removal. Knight of the Reliquary, kill it. And, you know... You yeah. ramp up, you, by the time you have Baneslayer on the table, they don't have removal for it. Or Obnixilis, you know, something like that. Oh, they killed your Baneslayer. Obnixilis, turn six, fet, you know, play it, drop him, drop a fetch land. Now he's a 9-9, a nine, nine and, a, uh, and they, they've just taken six damage. So you, you use Baneslayer in a deck that already draws out uh, their removal, and I think that's the most effective way to use it. Um, another deck that I just heard about this morning... Um, I haven't seen the list yet, uh, yet, though. I just kind of uh, saw it on Twitter. MTG Metagame, which is uh, John Medina. He, uh, he's he been running a deck. It's Naya, Splashing Black for Bloodgast, and uh, and Bituminous Blast. I asked him for the list. He's going to post it later, he said. Uh, I'm curious. Neat, yeah. Sounds kind of interesting. Um, so, did you have... Uh, I keep asking, you know, look to you, because I feel like I'm talking too much. Oh, no, Your it's turn. okay. I'm, I'm letting... You probably have more uh, more to say on this whole subject than I do today. Anyway, um, this is a topic you're a little more I've been, up to I've, speed with. Well, and, I have the internet and you don't. That's true. <laughs> I do not have. Yeah, you're like this morning a deck was spoiled. I'm like, how did you get it? <laughs> Who sent you a smoke signal? Um, did you get a fax? So, um, just a couple things I've been working on in standard. Just you know, for the hell of it. Um, I've been working on a four-color control deck, which is different for me, because I don't really play any decks like that. But it runs... It's running everything but green, and um, starting at, like, the top of the curve, it's got three Cruel Ultimatum, two Obelisk of Alara, um, two Bane Slayer Angels, because that's all I have, um, four Esper Charms, Four terminates, three essence scatters, um, four tide hollow sculler, and I, I might change those to white knights. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure yet, but I've just been playing around with the idea of running a control deck: three double negative, 
I, I can't quite remember everything that's in the deck right now off the top of my head. Um, but it seems really interesting. Uh, I, I've, I'm running 27 lands, and so far, um, as I get to like a certain land drop at least, I always have the mana I need to cast anything in my hand. Like I have never once had, in the couple games that I've played with it, I've never had any mana trouble at all. So it's interesting, you know, because it is four colors and it's only running three fetch lands, bunch of the come into play tap lands. I feel like we're uh, we're like the top eight magic podcast right now because there's a apparently an ambulance or a cop going by. Like every time oh, I listen, yeah. to, every time I listen to top eight magic, there's like they're talking and you just hear it's like a, they, it's a like siren record, in the background. They record in a pizza place in the hood. Yeah, but uh, and, that, and that's cool. I got I got love for the hood. Just reminded me of it though. While you're while you're talking and there's a siren. Um, it's, it's funny. Um, so, so I've been working on that, and then I'm also I've been working on a blue white um, Luminarch Ascension deck um, that's running. Right now, it's running four Safe Passage, four Angel Song, three Shieldmates Blessing, uh, which I think are kind of cool against um, Sprouting Thrynax or Lightning Bolt, like someone just trying to keep you off of your counters for Luminarch Ascension. What does Shieldmates Blessing do for those Prevent- of us like me who forgot what Sorry, it Sorry, it's one white, it's an instant, prevent the next three damage, that would be dealt to target creature or player. So it's uh, Healing Salve? It's Healing Salve. I'm running Healing Salve in my deck, but I feel like it's actually uh, a decent strategy. Um, because people, like, I've noticed when I'm playing Luminarch Ascension and I get to about three counters, you know... You're trying to throw a lightning bolt or burst lightning at my head just to try to keep me off that fourth counter, you know. And if I've got something else on the board that's going to stop whatever you're swinging at me with, or you know, you know, it's just a nice backup plan. Like if I only have an angel song, if I have an angel song in my hand, I don't have a safe passage, you know. And I play angel song, and then you try to hit me with a lightning bolt, try to keep me off that fourth counter for luminarch ascension. I can. Right, right. Shieldmate's blessing that, right. with that extra mana that was supposed to be for safe passage. Um, you know what Luminarch Ascension is good against? Huh. <laughs> Red, white, and blue control decks. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to be. I scooped to it twice. <laughs> yeah. As soon as it got to the fourth counter, I didn't even uh, didn't even let him make an angel with it. I, I think it might you might not even have put the fourth counter on it. Yeah, you were just, was like, just I like, can't. I, I, there's no way I can fight multiple 4-4 four, four angels. The red, white, and blue deck is running three Luminarch Ascension side, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I haven't really... I've just been kind of building decks just based on what I think is neat, and I haven't... I've been paying a little bit of attention to, you know, to the Tier 1 decks and to the deck lists online, but as always... I'm just stubbornly building decks that I that I think are cool. Um, it's a good thing. And uh, wait, now you mentioned the blue white control deck, but you so, didn't well, yeah, mentioned well, the real theme, the original theme. Yeah, of it anyway. I know, but I'm so I'm getting really annoyed with it. I've okay. been running Polymorph in the deck, so I run Thopter Foundry. I was running Summoner's Bane for a while, and then I'm running Polymorph to sack a token to search up um, Iona and um, and name whatever color is the biggest threat to me at the time um and there's also one progenitus in there um too just for the hell of it because why not why not have a progenitus in the deck i can play it um so i've been doing dealing with that but i've been getting really frustrated with the the polymorph theme Um, so it was like a blue white combo deck a little black in it right kind of reminds me well it's a hopter foundry but yeah but no it reminds me of another blue white combo deck that uh 
that I was seeing a couple months ago that seems to have disappeared. Time Civ. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to Time, Time Civ. It pretty much just seems to have lost Elsewhere Flask, um, Cryptic Command, but I, I know there were a lot of lists that de- didn't even use Cryptic Command, right. including mine. Um, I'm kind of surprised that no one has uh, championed the Time Civ deck and uh, and made it work in the current standard. Maybe it's the jump is too strong against it. I don't know. I haven't actually tried it. Although, I did play a game or two uh, with my Time Civ deck against Jund, now that I think about it, and I believe I won at least one of the games. I mean, if I played two, I'm pretty sure I, I won one of them. I might have played three and won two, two out of three. It was just casually uh, playing against Tim's deck, but I think at the time he was running more of a Jund ramp deck, so uh, not not as streamlined as his current version. And um, But yeah, just wanted to mention, Time Civ I is still out there, and it's really... Uh, it didn't lose all that much, but but what um, I think are, are the are the Jun decks running Thought Hemorrhage in the side? Yeah, and that could and be a Thought problem. Hemorrhage really cripples combo decks in general. I mean, and and if the combo decks slow enough to get off, like sometimes time Civ can be. Um, I know that Tim was main decking uh, Thought, Thought Hemorrhage and Haunting Echoes in his Jun deck back when before he switched it up, and. It would just cr- it would just be like okay let me take one piece of your combo okay and then you're like shit now what do I do and then it's like let me take another piece of your combo okay haunting echoes take everything out of your deck because like conveniently enough you probably have one of each artifact you can you own in your whole collection in your graveyard at that time so like <laughs> he sucks them all out into your library yeah and that's was, true I, I didn't think about thought hemorrhage yeah thought hemorrhage really cripples the time sieve deck but you do have negate and if if that's the uh, the trump card to time sieve then you've got a trump card to to that so I mean you could always just true. hold it for the, the thought hemorrhage or anything that's going to really really rip apart your combo you know it, it's still out there and I think it's still I mean it could still make an impact um, it's obviously not tier one but is any deck tier one right now but Jund? I mean... It's true. I mean, there, there's a lot of different <laughs> decks, and I think it's exciting. Like, for me, uh, you know, for someone who doesn't like this, typically doesn't like to see, like, too many net decks um, really dominating the format, it's, it's nice to, like, at least see a lot of net decks. You know what I yeah, mean? Like a it's lot at of least different things. A lot of different decks are viable right now, and that's exciting. Like, that makes standard good, you know? It, it's... When everybody hated fairies because fairies was about the only deck in standard that was that was winning you know and and it was a great it was a great deck but you played fairies or you played an answer to fairies and that was it yeah like nowadays like yes everybody wants to have an answer to jund somewhere in their main deck or sideboard but it doesn't mean you have to either play jund or the decks that are built to beat jund like because every deck should be built to beat every deck when you come when you think about it yeah but, I mean, you want to have a yeah, good game. It's it's a whole metagame thing. Well, yeah. You, you want to have good game against the decks you're going to see. Right, of course. So uh, if Jund wasn't out there, people's main decks would probably be significantly different. Um, I mean, at least a, a handful of slots. You know, you wouldn't see Celestial Purge main deck if there weren't sure. a lot of black-red decks running around. There was uh, a mono-green deck that, that did well on... Uh, MTG Online. Right, um, it, was, it was like an Elves deck. Yeah, it was like Nissa Ravain. Um, I, I can't remember if Garrick was in it. I don't think so. I don't but think so. Nissa, Elvish Archdruid, um, Nissa's Chosen, obviously, with yeah. Nissa. Um, even Ant Queen was, Ant Queen was in the was deck. In um, was Thornling in the deck? 
I can't remember. It should have been if it wasn't. It should have. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that list either, although... I do now have the uh, the Black Bane Slayer version, the uh, or the most recent version of Black Bane Slayer posted to Mike Flores' blog. Um, it is a very cascade-heavy deck. He runs four Esper Charm, and then basically a uh, billion cascade spells and four Bane Slayer Angels and four Blightnings. It's a uh, Batuminous Blast, Blightning, Bloodbraid Elf, Captured Sunlight, Deny Reality, Enlisted Worm, Esper Charm, Baneslayer Angel. All those are four ofs. That's the main deck, and you know a mana base that is able to uh, to somehow cast that ridiculous amount of spells. <laughs> uh, he's he's advocating Rupture Spire, which a lot of people kind of shied away from. But I'm running four of them in my control. Yeah, deck, I mean and they're beautiful. Yeah, and that's what beautiful. he says. He says they're they're good. I haven't tried it. I was going to, and I still might. I I might try building. They're a so beautiful. Like There's this. nothing better than than having a turn one. Tryland and a turn two Rupture Spire. If you're playing more than three colors, it right. really is so nice. Like you can pretty much play any two drop in your deck next turn. If you have a land that you can play untapped somehow, uh, you can play a three drop right. on your third turn. What a concept! Yeah, it's a lot of power. It's just about a uh, consistency and and being able to survive to that turn three or four when you actually have untapped lands to play a spell. Sure, it's sure. Uh, slow to set up. Now the w- the one cool thing with Rupture Spire and Obelisk of Alara is that um, I'm not running any green in the deck, but I can still use the uh, plus four, plus four ability on the Obelisk because I have the Rupture Spires. Right. So, I mean, that, that that's a pretty cool use for them, too. Um, I don't know, just for me, personally. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, there's a mono-white control. You mentioned Iona, and, um, and I know there's some mono-white decks running around. There's some soldiers' decks running around, but I haven't seen them. I haven't even looked at lists for those. Um, I do want to, tr- I want to try a mono-white deck. I want to use Emiria mm-hmm. and the Sky Ruin, and I want to use Iona. So and Captain of the Watch. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't really care about Captain of the Watch. I want to use Captain of the Watch with Emiria. I think, yeah. I think it's... Uh, it's pretty good. I, I just, I, I like uh, I like the idea of some sort of control deck. Um, you know, but obviously you need creatures for Emiria to be at all useful. True. Um, but, yeah, I haven't looked at the list, so I don't know exactly what they're running, but I, I do want to play with those cards. As I mentioned, actually, in our first episode, um, my favorite cards from Zendikar, I think, at the time, were those, and they still they still are uh, some of my favorites. So, hopefully we've given you some uh, some interesting decks to think about, or at least some places to check for some uh, some new decks. There's deckcheck.net is a, uh, is a good place to, to look for new lists. They only post results from, um, I guess... Like some uh, PTQs and sanctioned tournaments that are a little higher level than your standard F and M. Good place which makes them a good place to right. find good deck lists. That's right. It's a good place to find uh, solid lists. Let's see. Anything else you wanted to mention? I don't know. I think we're I think we're pretty good for this episode. I mean, we we just ran down some of the new lists. Yep. And Let us know if we said anything stupid. Definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, certainly, like to hear some feedback, even if it's negative feedback. You know, constructive criticism is always welcome. Yeah, we're still we're still new at this. Yeah, you know? I want to say thanks to the guys at MTG Cast for hosting our our podcast. Even though they forgot to mention us as a new cast back when we were first uh, oh, first posted, you know, is I that was true? heartbroken. Lim- wow. We came out around the same time as Limited Resources, which has had uh, four or five episodes now, um, and it is a really good podcast for Limited. Us with our lowly little one cast 
it kind of got overshadowed yeah. by a, a much better podcast. But um, hey, we're trying and we're uh, doing doing what we can. Definitely props to everybody over at MTG Cast and uh, on the podcast network. There's a lot of quality stuff, a lot of cool things to listen to on the way to work. <laughs> um, definitely check out uh, some of my favorites are deck builders that's that's probably my favorite cast uh, Monday Night Magic is great for news I, I think you have a couple favorites yeah uh, other than that what's up Manipool <laughs> so uh, so yeah um, thanks to Tom and, and uh, Chris Otwell for putting up our cast you should check out our blogs if I ever get around to updating mine Mine's otherworldlyjourney.blogspot.com for the latest in casual deck building and EDH and fun times. And uh, my blog is affinityforislands.com for the latest in whatever I'm thinking about that has something to do with blue spells. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and possibly not. I mean, I was going to post about Boros Bushwhacker um, because it's a fun deck, so... I'm not going to limit myself to just just blue uh, blue talk. I think it's just going to end up kind of happening automatically because most of what I play is blue. Um, so, yeah, anyway, check it out if you feel like it, um, and thanks for listening. And you can email us at yomtgtaps at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Or month. Or year. Bye. He's just a sp-